Hello, everyone. Welcome to Quantum Catechesis. I'm Father Joe Krupp, and you are not. And today is Friday. Friday, Friday, August 26. All this because you said 24, and I read 42. So all I had to go was, when was that? I think it was two days ago. <laughs> That's a lot to think of. Oh, I can do it. Si se puede, as they say in Spanish. And speaking of Spanish, today's show is brought to you by Heinzo Ketchup. <laughs> Would it be Heinzo? Heinzo, yes. Nice. Uh, I'm just quick getting something off the screen that I typed there so I could remember it. Um, and there, it is gone. It is no more. It was here, now no longer here. Yes. Uh, it's good to see you all. And a note right at the beginning for all of you who've been trying to get me to see The Chosen, that show is blowing me away. I am loving it. Really? Yeah. It's okay. fantastic. It is fantastic. Nice. Um, I'm really enjoying it. Uh, I'm glad I powered through the first one. Um, and uh, thank you for all of you who kind of kept gently nudging me, especially Uncle Lonnie. He was like, bro, you got to see it. And I was like, you're stupid. Now, is it a network or is it a... No, you got to download an app. Oh. Remember how I told you you don't say the piece? Yes. I'm going to get a nap. So they're making some real money on it. I think so. Well, it's all crowdfunded. Yes. So what you can do is just watch it for free. Or you can say, I'm going to donate, you know, 10 bucks a show. Or you can say, I'm going to give this amount of money so that other people can watch free. Uh, very cool system uh, and um, good stuff. Yeah, good stuff. So I'm so happy you're all here today, those of you that are here, and urge you to send in your question, uh, questions. As I look, we've only got a few today, so we're going to knock off early. I'm just kidding. Uh, so get those questions ready. So I say we dive right in. What do you yeah, think? Absolutely. Okay. So the first question, Father, why do Jews believe in no pork? Why can't they eat pork? Um, well, if you look at the Old Testament, specifically the Torah. What is the Torah? Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. In Greek, they call it the Pentateuch, which means five books. Super creative. Uh, and this Torah, or Pentateuch, contains 613 laws. Um, and those are laws that every obedient Jew follows. Um, and there's a lot, well, there's exactly 613. And some of them, like, I just made a list of some of the categories right before the show, okay? So um, some of the laws, you can break into these categories, right? Some are about God, 10 of them. Some are about the Torah itself. Some are about signs and symbols. There's prayers and blessings. Love and brotherhood. The poor and unfortunate. The treatment of Gentiles. Marriage, divorce, and family, forbidden sexual relations, times and seasons, dietary laws, that's where the pork thing comes in, uh, business practices, employees, servants, and slaves, vows, oaths, and swearing, uh, and not swearing like, damn it, Jim, I'm a Torah doctor, not a miracle worker. I don't know. I was trying to do a Star Trek. Remember, damn it, Jim. No? <laughs> You never got into Star Trek? No. What? 
Well, Sinner says what? <laughs> right. Uh, sabbatical and jubilee years, courts and laws. There's a billion categories because there's 614 laws. And if you want, let's do this. I've got all of them right here. Uh, here's how many food laws are there? And let me make sure there's not too many. And if you want, I can read them all to you. Yeah, there's uh, 100. Okay, there's there's uh, about 26. Want to hear some of them? Okay. Uh, number 143. Examine the marks in cattle so as to distinguish the clean from the unclean. That's Leviticus 11.2. Uh, not to eat the flesh of unclean animals. That's Leviticus 11.4. To examine the marks in fishes to determine clean from unclean. That's Leviticus 11.9. Not to eat the unclean fish. That's Leviticus 11.11. We can do this all day if you want. Not to eat an unclean bird. Leviticus 11.13. Not to eat a worm found in fruit, which I've done. I'd be a bad Jew because I like pork. Uh, so what do you say? Uh, not to eat a limb removed from a living beast. I'm just randomly picking these. Not to boil meat with milk. Uh, not to eat flesh with milk. Not to eat of the thick veined shrimp. I can't even. Just all these. There's a ton of food laws. And every practicing Jew knows these and attempts to keep them. And remember, food's just one category. There's 613 of these puppies. Isn't that something? Mm -hmm. All right. So I hope that helps. That's just a glance yeah. at the 613 laws. I'm sorry. Yeah. I was busy. Did you already say, how did it start? I mean... Oh, Leviticus, right in the Bible. But I mean, did they say why? Um, not, I know, except that God said don't. Um, and, and why? Well, you know, not being funny, but what my doctor now, not the doctor I'm with now, sure. but two before he was a Jew and we talked about it and okay. I'm like, why do you think God said don't eat pork? And he, and he told me I, I eat pork sometimes. Uh, but he said, because back then it'd kill you. Well, that's okay. Right. I guess that was my... My thought. So if it if it was just like okay, this is a law because it's yeah. easier to say that yeah. than to get people you know to not do it because they're gonna be ill. We'll just say God said it. And God did say it, right? We believe um, what Catholics and Jews might disagree on was what's transitory and what's permanent. Okay. So, for example, the Apostle Paul said uh, in Galatians three, we're free from this law now. Right. We're free from the law. And when he says the law, he is referring very specifically to 613. Right. Whenever you see like and I don't mean this cruel, but when someone will say, well, look, Paul said we're free from the law. That means all your rules about worship. No, no, no. The law was an extremely specific thing. Uh, 613 rules. When he says scripture, he's not talking about the Bible. The Bible wasn't written yet. Uh, he's talking about the Torah, right? Uh, that, again, this is the problem with fundamentalism, right? This is the worry is we take passages out of their historical context and we say, well, free from the law. Well, that means anything goes. Not at all. Paul was specifically referring to these laws because that's what the law meant. They didn't mean Roman law. They didn't mean, uh, you know, the Ten Commandments, they met 
613 laws. How long did it take them to get 613 laws? Not long, because uh, it's all right in Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. So right away, uh, so here, here's a great way to think of it. In Judaism, as in Christianity, one of the primary uh, ways to show God your love is obedience. Like, and in Judaism, that's the only way. How do you show God you love him? You obey him. So there is a custom, for lack of a better phrase, in Judaism to try to take obedience as far as you possibly can. So uh, how we doing? Okay. So when it says you shall honor your father and mother, right? The, honor your father and mother that you may live long in the land I have promised you. So then people said, well, what does it mean to honor your father and mother? And then there came a billion laws from that, a billion rules. And uh, because they wanted to know in explicit, exquisite detail, how can I be obedient? But of course, as Jesus points out, it became ludicrous. By the time you move from the Ten Commandments in Exodus, honor your father and mother, they're rule, 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 rule. Well, what about, what about, what about? Well, what about this? What about that? What if this? It's what Americans do all the time. They always pick the most ludicrous example, right? Um, like, we were just talking about this yesterday. Do you, have you seen the uh, abortion commercials in Michigan where they're, they're showing whoever's running for governor for the Republicans? Uh, I think it's a woman. Okay. Uh, with a weird name. Tudor Dixon. Is that her real name? Tudor? Ha! Okay. Anyway, uh, Tudor Dixon. So there's some group running these commercials, and it's images of her being asked a question, would you allow for exceptions for abortion in cases of rape and incest? And she says no. And they're like, look at how awful she is. Uh, and it, you know, to me, the question itself is dirty, right? Because the people asking it, like if you're asking that question, to me, that means one of two things. Either you're opposed to abortion, except in cases of rape and incest, or you're pro-abortion and you don't care whether it's rape and incest or not. You're just all about abortion. And if that's the case, then that question is disingenuous. You get me? Yes. It's a question to get an answer, not to find out truth. Okay. Well, everybody's been doing this forever. And so as when we get to the time of Jesus, Jesus explicitly points out that there was a rule here in the time of Jesus that a son could say to his mom and dad, everything you've ever given to me is korban, meaning dedicated to the Lord. And now that child has no responsibilities to take care of his parents. And how did they get there? Well, you start with honor your father and mother that you may live long. And then you get, well, what about this? What about that? What about this? How about that? Right? You get these pylons. Am I making sense? Yes. Oh, great. And it starts with a lovely premise. I want to obey God perfectly and completely. Uh, but in some cases, obviously not all Jews and certainly not all Jews in the time of Jesus. But there was a whole school that was making these bizarre pylons because it was 2,000 years of, well, what about? What about? Does that help? Yeah. Okay. Uh, dear Father Joe, do you ever get time to come to Comerica to watch a tiger game? 
I am an usher there, and I would like to know if you ever come to the park to let me know, and I will come see you. Oh, my gosh, sure. If I ever go there, um, it's a little tough. In fact, Dad and I were just talking about this. This might be the first year we don't go to a game. It's just too much stairs for Dad, and um, it's too much walking for Dad, and... uh, it's just rough on him. He's 86. He's going to be 87 in a couple months. Um, and, uh, you know, and we don't last very long. So, like, people will offer us nice tickets, and I feel guilty. No, I better not, because we don't last past the fifth inning, right? Dad will be like, and rightly so, let's go home, you know. Uh, I remember, this is one of my favorite dad things. We had this rule. Now, this is when he was healthier. You know, it's probably 10 years. Mom was still alive. We were driving to the game, and it was my brother Paul, his wife Pauline, and me and Dad. And we all made this promise. When you want to go home, just say, right? Or if you're ready to go home, just say, right? Because those are two different things. I'm ready to go home means if you want to go home, I'm in. But if not, I'm staying, right? I want to go home means let's go. So we made this agreement. And (laughs) Dad's thing was, I want to see Miguel hit a home run. That's what he, who wouldn't? I mean, this was, you know, and sixth inning, Miguel sent one to Toledo. I mean, he murdered that ball. He straight murdered it. And the second he touched home plate, dad went, I'm ready. (laughs) He was just good. That's what he wanted. He wanted to see Miguel murder one. That was funny. Anyway, so no, you know, I I don't think we'll go this year, but if so, uh, do we have this person's name? And yep, you can count on it. We'll give you a a message and let you know. And uh, yay. Okay. Father Joe, you said in a recent video, if you won the $1.3 billion lottery, you would pay for Catholic school for the entire diocese of Lansing. Out of curiosity, how much would it cost to fully finance Catholic school for all students in the diocese? Thank you for your time. Larry Fitzgerald. Oh, St. Gerard. I love St. Gerard. That was my first home as a priest, Larry. Thanks for your question. Uh, What I... I, uh, I don't remember the exact number, but two superintendents ago figured it out, and I think it was 180 million, that if we could ever raise 180 million and put it in an endowment, it would fund all tuition. Now, tuition doesn't usually cover the cost of education uh, at a Catholic school. The church makes up the gap. And if you're in the Midwest, Michigan is currently the only state in the U.S. touching the Great Lakes that doesn't have a voucher system. We're the only ones. Everybody else, you actually get to use your tax dollars just for something crazy to benefit you. Isn't that nuts? Who knew? So I think it was 180 million. I do. I don't know if I should tell this story, but it's kind of funny. Yeah. Let's do it's Friday. Okay. Everything but it might be on. offensive. I don't want to be. A... To go on Friday. Okay. I'm looking at you two. <laughs> and if I see you guys running out of the room or Chuck chambering around again, I'll know to stop. So, did you hear about the whole guffuffle that last year Powers Catholic, that's the Catholic school here in Flint, was playing a public school? And the public school kids were chanting, Jesus loves us for free. Okay, now on one level, that's funny. That is objectively funny. But here's the thing. Those kids think their school is free. The public school kids. I'm like, oh no, you're taking money from me every year. 
and I'm happy to. But you think it's free. That's the problem with free. You think it's free. No, someone's paying for it. It just ain't you. Right? Isn't that kind of funny? Like, when I was in public school, our teachers reminded us all the time, anybody you bump into on the street in Montrose paid for your school. Be good to them. Apparently, we're not teaching that anymore. Jesus loves us for free. Hey, no, he doesn't. Uh, it cost him all his blood and breath. Uh, B, if you think your school is free, yikes. Listen, I was paying tuition and I still thought it was funny. <laughs> I did too. And it's objectively funny. That's the first thing I said, right? Is honestly, that's hysterical. As a public school kid, I might have joined in on that chant. <laughs> Jesus loves us for taxpayer money. <laughs> Like Grand Blank, remember we looked this up. It's like $13,800 per kid. Holy cow. Okay. Wait a minute. Your brother Paul is married to Pauline, and I have a sister named Edie married to a Steve. Steve and Edie? Now, if you're not old enough, you're not going to appreciate this, but I have a Paul, a Pauline, a Steve, and an Edie. And I think that's the greatest thing ever. Yes. <laughs> I so wanted a Fred and Wilma. But mom and dad didn't want to have more kids. Yeah, let's make it all about you, mom and dad. <laughs> and if, if you have a daughter, a Wilma is a gorgeous name. I don't know. Nobody names their kid. I've never met a Wilma. And I've met Fred's. Right, I'm sorry, I forgot to turn my ringer off. Okay. Let's see, have I met a Wilma? Have you ever met a Wilma? Wilma! Okay. Father Joe, as I move my oldest child into college, I'm excited and afraid. Any advice? Yes, don't send them to college. <laughs> sorry. My niece just moved to college yesterday, or whenever Wednesday was. The 24th. Wednesday was the 24th. Yes, it was. Not the 42nd. Not the Write that down. 42. Isn't that Jackie Robinson's number? It is. Okay. Great movie. Did I tell you? Oh, okay, stop. No, so, what? Well, well, your beloved, the man you married, you and all covenant on him, he got me a baseball signed by the first black player in the National League. Awesome. Do you know that? That awesome. jerk. What a generous-hearted soul. Speaking of generous-hearted soul, Dad's here. <laughs> Dad, the fridge is empty. So I just boiled some hot dogs. Hot dog and stick to There's no buns. There's no bread. There's no... <laughs> I'm serious. So I just jammed a fork in it and ate it like a popsicle. That's awesome. Okay, what were we talking about? Did I answer it? I don't remember. Um, oh, yeah, I don't know what to say. I was just telling Carrie, and I feel awful saying this. I'm terrified. Yes, I'm sorry. Yes, that's what I'm You know, of uh, my, my niece going away to college. I just, I don't know. It's not even like the horrors I heard, right, when I worked on campus. It's more just like taking everything that's beautiful about a kid and turning it into a weapon. That's what it feels like. Um, and it doesn't seem like education anymore because education, what is he eating, Carrie? <laughs> oh, praise God. Okay. A femur. <laughs> yesterday, I'm sorry, I'm so off course today, guys. Yesterday, I'm gonna tell the story. We had hot dogs for lunch because Carrie insisted. And uh, my beautiful father, 
gets his hot dog, and as he's walking back to his chair, Marius just went, thump, and bit it. He did? Paper and all. The dog is pure evil. As, and Dan and I were just talking about this. The older he gets, and he is 3,000 years old, he's getting grumpy, and he's stealing things, like he used to when he was young. <sighs> Can we go back to Wilma real quick? Yeah. In 1920, it was the 133rd most popular woman's name. No kidding. And this year, if I can get this thing to work right. So what Chuck is saying is he looked, and in 1930, Wilma was in the top 100 of most popular names in the country. Yeah. And, and now... 8,214. It's now number 8,214. <laughs> and I think we all know who to blame. Carrie. Dad, did you or mom consider naming a child Wilma at any point? Did that name ever come up? No? How about Frab? How about what? Frab? Like Frederick? Fred Flintstone? No. There you go. No Wilmas, no Freds. What about, what was it, Barney and I Betty? Named Fred. You have a brother named Fred, that's right. He's with the, is he with the Lord now? Yeah. Oh, bless him. Okay, Father, in reference to gay relationship, has the church changed on homosexual behavior? I mean, they use a word that I understand is not... Anyway, okay. The church hasn't changed anything in its teaching that I can think of on homosexuality, uh, homosexual relationships. The basic idea the church would say is this, and it's right in your catechism. It's three paragraphs, right? That uh, number one would say that homosexual activity is not good for your soul, a sin. Uh, Number two would say, you cannot and should not discriminate against any or, or hurt any person because of their attraction. And the third is a call to pray for people who struggle with same-sex attraction. I think that's a fair way to put it. Um, it's an interesting uh, thing that we were just talking about this. Gosh, we a lot of these questions. If you talk to, in my, frankly, pretty vast experience now of talking to persons who are attract homosexuals, who want to be in the church, I think it's fair to say that there is not one of them alive and breathing in our country who doesn't know that the church believes homosexual conduct is a sin. I do think there's a number who don't know that we love them who don't know that they don't need to agree to worship, who don't write that. I I know I've talked about this before, but I've had very life-giving conversations with homosexual persons who um, don't need me to approve of their life. And, And I don't need them to agree with me. I hope they will, and they hope I will. But we're never gonna work it out if we say you have to come to point A to love me or to be loved by me. I'm trying to explain this and I hope it's helpful that I think right now we've fallen into a false dichotomy in the church and maybe in the gay community, I'm not sure, but of saying it's all or nothing. Well, no, it's progress, okay? I uh, believe 
what the church teaches on homosexuality. And I believe that persons who have that attraction should feel welcomed and loved and treasured in church. That this argument has become, or argument, maybe discussion, has become such a diversion tactic uh, that, and I, I think I just said this recently, but I mean this. In 25 years as a priest, I've never had a gay man or woman approach me and yell at me for not preaching on adultery. Right? Never. But I've had a ton of married people chastise me for not teaching on homosexuality. And I I hope you see the delineation there. That I think uh, particularly uh, in the American Catholic Church, there's this idea that somehow I need to get up every Sunday or one Sunday a month or one a year and condemn abortion and homosexual activity and all the, they have this list that doesn't affect them. They're sins they don't struggle with or issues they don't struggle with. And so people want me to preach on those and they call those the hard truths. Remember that? I just got a letter. You don't preach the hard truths, meaning you don't preach on things that don't affect me. <laughs> um... Here's the hard truth. God loves you and you didn't earn it and you can't earn it. And you can pray mass perfectly and still go straight to hell. You can do almost every action in your life perfectly and go right to hell. If your heart isn't filled with love. And if for you, the only expression of love you have for the gay community is, I love you enough to tell you to repent. If you don't care about them, they won't care about you. You you get me? That there's no other thing that I can think of in the church where we tell people, you have to be 100% on board in behavior and in thought before you can call yourself a good Catholic. And why do we pick that one? Because we don't like it. Because it's not our struggle. I really believe that. So if you're a person, you know, listening to this who uh, is same-sex attracted, I love you. And there's no caveat. I'm not saying I love you so I can yell at you. I have my own struggles. You have yours. What I hope we agree on is Jesus Christ is the answer. And that by being together and loving him and loving each other, we can get to the truth. Um, because it's not our righteousness that gets us to heaven. It's not our lack of righteousness that gets us to hell. It's Jesus. So I'm going to cling to him. How about you cling to him? How about we cling together? Is that? Yes. Okay. Have the secular laws changed on homosexuality? Absolutely. Uh, yeah. So, okay. Father Joe, that's me. What a coincidence. Uh, I just wanted to say how much I enjoyed your homily this past Sunday. Thanks, Mom. Um, No, it's funny. Do you know my mom was a bit of a homily critic? And this is going to sound harsh. Hold on. Oh, this is going to sound harsh, but I was so grateful for it. Yeah. Because, again, when people get after you about a homily, it really falls into one of two categories. 
Well, a few categories. One, it was awful. And that happens, right? I've preached awful homilies before, and I was sick about it, right? Uh, but usually it's, well, what we just talked about, right? The angry people who love God so much, they correct everyone. And um, they're always saying, you're not preaching this, you're not preaching that. And it's because they don't understand how hard it is to believe in God's love. Because I don't know if they do. Uh, and then the other one you get is where you had the audacity to preach about something I need to change. So I'm going to get after you. And I get that one. I do the same thing. Uh, and then number three is money, right? You know me. I never preach about money. I hate talking about, look, I just moved to the whole desk. <laughs> I hate talking about money. I hate, hate and if I do, which is about twice a year, I think, would you say that's fair? Always. All you talk about is money. It's like, okay. Uh, so you have those criticisms. My mom would go after the content. And so when she complimented me, it meant a lot on homilies. Uh, and she would, but she also, like, at one point set me down after I gave a homily. And I used this image of climbing a mountain. And she said, Joe, that was my whole childhood. Uh, you have to work harder. You have to fight more. You have to, and she said, until people know that only Jesus can get them to heaven, their life will be defined by their frustration. Right? I want to be holier and I can't take the next step like I talked about in climbing a mountain. She said, it ain't climbing a mountain. It's walking a path. And I found that super helpful. I did. So, yeah, anyway, where were we? Thank you uh, for your kind words about my homily. Even though you were pointing out renovations that were made in your church, I was especially drawn to the sanctus on three steps leading up to the altar. Never knew that when something was stated three times in Hebrew, it meant something was very great. I know you work really hard on your homilies. I think you hit a home run with that one. Thank you. I'm so grateful. Uh, really, uh, that one uh, was a struggle. You guys remember my conscience bothered me because I didn't feel like I was preaching on the readings, which I preferred to do. Uh, so thank you. That was really kind, and I'm glad it was helpful. And it was all my skill. Okay, that's not true. Is it true you will be attending the Alley Challenge this Ally. weekend? Ally. Ally Oh, I get it. Is it true that you will be attending the Ally Challenge this weekend as golf is a favorite pastime of yours? Oh, I'm, I'm just crazy about golf. You say golf, I go crazy. I love it so much that one of my great penances is to never, ever, ever, ever play it. There you go. Yeah. Uh, so this is from someone in England. This question. Uh, is it? Is it? It has to be. Look how they spelled favorite. Oh, is it Canada or England? Oh, Canada. I don't know if Canucks spell it that way. But I know the Brits do. Anyway. Uh, I'll have to go back. Okay. So no, I will not be attending it because I'm busy with stuff and things. <laughs> Really busy. What day is it? Right. What day is it? Friday. I'm busy Friday. What day? Saturday. I'm busy Saturday. I'm busy Sunday. Gary, fill my schedule as quick as possible. Do you know his father Lay going? 
I'm sure he is. He loves golf. Few things make me happier than when he gets that break in the day and gets to go play golf. Mm -hmm. I, I, uh. Okay. Please explain why there is persecution of Catholics around the world. Well, it's easy and fun to do. Uh, In the case of Nicaragua, it's because they're standing up for what's right against a tyrannical government. In the case of Nigeria, it's Muslims. It's Muslim Catholic aggression, which is a defining trait right now. And I, you know, I hate to say it, uh, but I, I don't know. Again, part of the issue is what the people who report on news decide is important. Yeah. Like most people may not have realized, and I didn't know this till I talked to the Chaldean community in uh, from Iraq. When what's their names? ISIS blew through the Middle East. Remember that? Mm-hmm. They they basically ended Christianity in the Middle East. Did you know this? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, holy crap! Mm-hmm. Um, and now they're in Nigeria. Uh, and it's not going well at all. Uh, priests, being, priests and lay people being abducted and tortured and killed, uh, bombings at masses, all this sort of things. Um, yikes. Sorry, that's what I got. Uh, oh, wow, I went way down somehow. Oh, I okay. just deleted a bunch. Okay, loved your talk to the boss Instagram post today. Oh, good. Thank you. And uh, lots of nice things apparently were said about talk to the boss. I'm so grateful. I have to tell you a great story. I hope you don't mind this one, Dad, because I could not quit laughing. So Dad was drunk again. No, I'm kidding. So it was, uh, what day is this? Friday. Okay, so it must have been Thursday morning, right? Where... Uh, is that when I got woken by a call to go to the school? Okay. Awakened. Awakened. So I got up like 20 minutes earlier than I thought I would, which no big deal, but I was a little foggy. Okay. And so I sit down and I'm praying and there is something the Lord's trying to tell me and I'm serious and I'm fighting him right? My brain is going all over. And so I'm typing and trying to find it, right? Is this making sense? Okay. And right at that moment, dad coughed and I shot 600 feet in the air. I would say, and I, cause I was so focused. I'm like, and then I just couldn't quit laughing. It was hysterical. And then while laughing, it came to me. Isn't that funny how our Lord works? But Okay. Uh, yesterday I realized that it was time to say, oh, heck, I'm sorry. Okay. Uh, yesterday I realized it was time to say goodbye to our cats, Darko and Tyler. We rescued them as kittens 15 years ago. Is there a theological question as to whether pets will be in heaven? I know there was a quote wrongly attributed to Pope Francis. To me, pets are a gift from heaven that show us unconditional love and how to provide it to others. Yeah, yeah, there was a quote that Francis didn't say um, that uh, people said he did. And I always point this out when this question comes up. There's a type of person that can't wait to tell you uh, animals don't go to heaven. I think I told you there was a coffee cup that I, a priest had that said, your dog's not in heaven. And I was like, what a crappy thing. I'm one level. That's funny. That's objectively funny. I love mean humor. God help me. 
but here's the key, and hear me out. If animals are not in heaven, you won't notice. You, you just won't, because heaven is about perfection of the, the experience. You are not able to be sad in heaven. Uh, I choose to believe animals are there. Uh, well, not cats. Just kidding. I'm kidding. Except Darko and Tyler. Except Darko and Tyler. Who will decide if the other cats get in? Just to be honest, Darko and Tyler have a job there, and they're like, that cat? No. We know him. But all kidding aside, uh, I choose to believe they'll be there because I know if I'm wrong, it doesn't hurt anything. Um, and there's been no definitive statement on it. St. Thomas Aquinas theorized that they weren't, but he also had some other interesting theories that we don't believe um, about how much of a soul women have. Do you know that one, Care? No. Yeah. Let me just say this. Oops. I'm sure, like, when Thomas got to heaven, the Blessed Mother was like, really? I need you for a minute. Yeah. Jesus, before you let the big guy in, I want to have a word with him. Here in heaven. Wouldn't that be funny? Seriously, can you imagine, like, the guy who wrote, wow, women, you know, uh, don't have the same soul as men. And, yeah. Can you imagine he gets there and the Blessed Mother's like, how's it going? I'm right here. And you're on that side. Okay. Uh, so I believe they're there. And if I'm wrong... I won't notice. Yeah, I hope that helps. And I'm so sorry. I, you know, I, on some level, I'm preparing in my head and heart for Marius to die, right? He's very old. He's lived three years longer than I could ever have hoped. And, uh, and he just laying there. Um, and I know I'll be heartbroken when he's gone. And I know I'll find some comfort in the thought of him truly running in heaven. He just can't run like he used to, you know, and uh, stealing food from the Blessed Mother. You know he will. She'll be like, oh, look, a new dog. <laughs> I've seen in my old missals some saints referred to as confessors, but were not clergy. Not sure as to why the term as I think of priests as confessors. Oh, okay. Well, uh, I'm not totally up to snuff on this, but I know, I know the answer, but I might mess up some details. Okay. So if you look at older cathedrals, you'll see seven steps between the floor and the altar. Like in our church, it's three. And in most non-cathedrals, it was three. Why seven? Because there used to be seven steps to the priesthood. Okay. Uh, and I can't remember them all, but, uh, for example, if you look at Come Holy Spirit. I always say Padre Pio, and I mean Solanus Casey. If you look at Solanus Casey, um, he was at one of those stages called Porter. And that's where they made really dark beer. I'm just kidding. Uh, that A porter was a person who, just what you think, greeted people at the door and let them in, which is, by the way, why they called that beer porter. Did you know that? No, Seriously, because that. that's what they did. The monasteries made beer and gave it to people who were coming in from the cold. Uh, we should do a whole show about medieval monasteries because it would blow you away. Um, so there was uh, like there was 
Porter, Acolyte, Subdeacon, Lecter. Uh, I forget all the stages, but there were seven of them. And at each process, you moved up a stair, and they had a ritual. Uh, one of those allowed you to hear confessions, but not pray Mass. Like Solanus Casey couldn't pray Mass. He hadn't... Yeah. So uh, I hope that helps. So that was someone who was a priest, who could hear confessions, but were not given the, what's the word? To pray mass. We would say faculties now. I can't remember what they called it back then. Does that help? That makes sense? Be honest. Yeah. Uh, where are we? Just curious about your thoughts on student debt relief. People are losing their minds about it. Oh, boy. Um, yeah. Ugh. Okay. Um, ugh. Yeah. I, okay. Here's the thing. I know what the lending companies were doing to college kids was criminal. But it's not the lending companies paying the debt. That's what drives me nuts. We all know how this happened, right? When Clinton passed that one act, universities doubled their tuition the next week, right? I mean, everybody saw a chance to make money, the universities and lenders, and they did it. They made a obscene amount of money. Uh, if you look at the endowments at the school you went to, oh my, literally billions. They have billions of dollars, these universities do. Many of them, not all of them, of course. Well, it seems to me they could have dipped into those and helped out or charged less tuition. It seems to me the banks that were doing the predatory loaning they're the ones who should pay, but instead, I'm going to pay. Gary's going to pay. Chuck and Dad, Marius will not pay a penny. That's what bothers me. Do I think the principle is right? Ish. I can get behind it. Anytime we can help people crippled by debt, I'm in. Um, I just can't believe we let them get away with this. And they did what Republicans and Democrats do. Convinced you that it's all about the wrong thing. It's not about should we help people crippled by predatory loans. Yes, we should help. But Republicans don't want you asking that. Democrats don't want you asking it because they're both enslaved to the banks. They're both enslaved to the universities. They're getting too much money from the institutions that cause the problems to ever actually do something helpful about it. That's what drives me nuts. Was that okay? Yeah. That's what drives me nuts. Harvard, are Harvard, $42 billion. Harvard has a $42 billion endowment. Now, to give you a sense of things, if I gave you a billion dollars at seven years old and you spend a million dollars a day the rest of your life, you'd be a billionaire when you died. Do you know that? You may think, well, no, math-wise, no, no. When you have a billion... You have a ton of interest coming in. This, it's, this is criminal. Can you look up the endowment for Notre Dame? That will melt your brain. There's 11, hang on, I just had it. Uh, They're in the billions. Oh, yeah, 12.3 billion. Notre Dame has a $12.3 billion endowment. 
And did it benefit the students' tuition prices? No, not at all. So the same people, well, stop. <laughs> to me, this was not, you know, 18 year olds, a bunch of 18 year olds took out a bad loan. I get it. I would have too. Uh, but who's going to pay for it? Not the people who caused it, not the banks. You don't hear Republicans talking about it. You don't hear Democrats talking about it because they want you and me fighting about the stupid part of this argument instead of the real point. The billion dollar universities and the trillion dollar banks, they're not going to feel it at all. You are. I am. And then we're going to yell at each other as faithful disciples of Republican and Democratic parties. Republican and Democrat parties. I never know how to say that. See, I hate talking about this stuff. <laughs> okay. Our beautiful granddaughter, Lily, I love that name. What is it with beautiful names today? And the other day I went into the eighth grade and every kid, like, what's your name? Philomena. You know, just these beautiful names where I'm like, can I hug your name? <laughs> All right. Uh, our beautiful granddaughter, Lily, attends Holy Family and her grade two teacher praised her for being so reverent. Yay. Okay. She knows all her prayers, sings in church. She's very reverent at mass and gave all her attention to God and Father Joe. She would love to sit behind her at mass anytime. So huge thank you to all for helping raise our beautiful reverent children. What a beautiful my God, thank you. Just this morning, did you see the angry email to our school? Oh, wow. Uh, and, you know, when people are mad, they write. When they're happy, they ignore. Uh, this was lovely of you. And if would you ask it's this Bren. person? It's, huh? It's Bren. Huh? It's Bren. Yeah. Brenda, that's her. Oh, can we share this with our school, what you sent us? And if not, please don't hesitate to say, uh, we'll hold it against you, but in our hearts, not out loud. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so how can we excuse ourselves from a same-sex marriage? Wedding. Wedding. Oh, I get it. Uh, it depends, right? If you feel called to not go, then I think, uh, honestly, I won't be able to make it. That's right. And I know that sounds funny, but it's going to have the energy you bring. Um, if you have to follow up and if you believe this, like I do, the answer is fairly simple to say here, but I, I've had this conversation face to face and it's tough. I want to be clear I love you, and I want to be in relationship with you, but I'm worried that this is going to hurt your soul, and I feel like if I come, I'll be helping you do that. Right? Uh, another possibility, depending on your relationship, is to keep the relationship alive. I'm going to, uh, I don't know, some people, I've talked to people who've gone, who've said, I want to be clear. I'm going because I love you, but I don't believe this is good for you, right? Uh, you know, I know this sounds funny. We don't have to offer our opinion. I'm not trying to be funny. We don't have to offer our opinion or what we believe uh, unless we're asked. And that's one we're just uh, can't make it. I'm sorry. 
Um, and then lots of prayers, lots of prayers. But we will never, ever be able to change minds and hearts as long as we say, until you do A, I won't do B. That's a contract. We do covenant. I'm all in. Right. Okay. Sean Mark. Our Sean? Yay. Love you, Sean. Miss you. Dad's here. He's, uh, he says hello. Yeah. And he just, you know, waved. Uh, okay. Homosexuality and Following Jesus by Paul Flamen, uh, an author. In, uh, in this clear and concise book, he addresses ways in which we can contribute to fulfilling. Okay. Get after that book. If you would like, if Sean recommends it, then it's recommendable, recommend worthy, worthy, recommendably, recommendably worthy. You guys are just going to let me go on and on, yeah, aren't I'm you? Trying to find no, no, it's fine. <laughs> okay, so the name of the book is Homosexuality and Following Jesus by Paul Flamen, F L A M A N. Um, and, um, Come Holy Spirit. It's my opinion that if Sean says it's worth your time, it's very worth your time. Uh, he's never given me a bad lead. Okay. Uh, man, you guys, you're on today. Uh, hello from St. Louis. We sent you a small care package and hopefully you received it yesterday. Uh, okay, I, I didn't yet, but that doesn't mean anything. Like... They just drop packages anywhere on our campus. I'm serious, don't they? I have found things months, truly. There was even one, did I tell you about this with the coffee? Black Rifle Coffee, I ordered a couple pounds and it never came. And their little tracking app said it came and I cried, I cried. Um, that's for our friends in Scotland. Um, but uh, I called them. And they were like, well, you're a faithful customer. We're going to send you, you know, two. So they sent me more coffee. This is a true story. Three months later, an usher walked up to me with a box and said, this was in the usher's room in the cupboard, and it's got your name on it. It was the coffee. I contacted Black Rifle. I'm like, I'm so sorry. I unintentionally stole two pounds of coffee from you. And they were like, we're a multi-million business, dollar business. We can deal. I felt terrible. I was like, I stole coffee. So I did not see it yet, but if the FedEx thing says it's here, then it's somewhere on campus. And I should be getting it in the next eight months or so. No, I think 99% of the time I get it within a day. You know, it just depends where they put it. And we put up all these signs. Remember my whole signs don't work thing, right? Can they even see it? No, you can't see it. Look at this. Is, this is my slogan. Right. You ever been in one of those churches where they just put signs everywhere? And my favorite is the no smoking signs. Right? Seriously. I was at a church where they had 10 no smoking signs spread around. As if at mass, someone's like, so father, the Lord be with you. The Lord be with you and with your spirit. <laughs> you know, body of Christ, they flick the butt. Yeah. We have signs all over that say packages go this way, but they're like, Whatever. Yeah, <laughs> okay. Uh, so thank you, by the way, St. Louis. And go Cards. You guys are on fire if you're a Cardinal fan. Uh, wow. You see Pujols? 
Oh my god, she's 900. Okay. Uh, there was one you were putting there. No? Okay. Father Joe, people keep saying we should have a TLM right, like a Chaldean right. Oh, I get it. Okay, I get it. Since TLM is Roman in nature, wouldn't that just be a schism? Yeah, I think our Holy Father kind of ended the discussion on that, right? That, um... Oops. Yeah, no, that's okay. okay. I, I'm sorry. I don't have anything to add. And, and it's not because you asked a bad question. I talked about it last week, um, and I don't know what to tell you. Uh, yeah. Um, how to approach people who say they are Trinitarian Catholics and explain Holy Trinity with triple point for water argument. I don't know. What the, I, I don't either. Know. I'm so sorry. I don't know that one. Here's a key to remember with the Trinity. And you're going to, you know, I'm not actually being funny. Yes. You cannot describe it without being wrong. Right. Even when we say three persons, perfectly individual and totally one, we're wrong. Um, what we're trying to describe cannot be described by humans. Uh, so every image, like our Trinity prof, Bishop Quinn, he always said this, every analogy will limp. Isn't that a great phrase? Have you ever heard that phrase before? Every analogy will limp. Yeah. Because uh -huh. uh, we can't pull it off. The, the best way to think of Trinity, I find, is if you think of a marriage that was perfect, where two people were totally one, uh, but as with three. Yeah. Uh, so sorry I wasn't more helpful on that. I blame Carrie. Oh, triple point. I'll bet you it's dew, water, and ice. I bet you that's what that means. I'm guessing, totally guessing. It says here the triple point occurs where the solid, the liquid, and the gas yeah. transition curves meet. Groovy. Okay. That's it? Yeah. And it's time. And it is time. You guys, thank you for the great questions. I think we tackled some tough topics, Father. Um, you know what that's like when they say, why don't you preach on the tough topics that aren't related to me? It's like the people say, oh, Father speaks the truth, right? Have you seen that? Where the political priests who do their reposts, and they're always like, listen to this brave shepherd speak the truth. And it means, listen to this guy who agrees with me. I'm brave and I speak the truth. Every election cycle, my email, it's so funny. My email box gets flooded with, listen to this, BRAVE, that's always all caps, priest speak to TRUTH, all caps. And it's always some priest telling me to vote for a Republican in the name of Jesus. And uh, again, I don't care. Uh, yeah, you know, the, it was the Democrats when I was a kid, right? You remember those days. Priests were always telling us you have to vote Democrat, now they're saying you have to vote Republican. Do you know what both have in common? They're wrong. I don't vote for either of those jack wagons. I vote third party. And why? Well, more importantly, I won't drag Jesus into this crap. Right? That celebration is about him. Him. And I hate the politicization of mass. Well, Father, it's an important moral issue. People need to know what to do as if they don't know already. Do you think there is any Catholic in the whole world who isn't abundantly clear on the church's teaching on abortion? 
No, this is just people who want to hear what they believe and want to pretend that a priest who hasn't shown the least interest in these people will somehow change their mind. Oh, he'll change their mind by speaking the truth. Ain't worked so far. And all it's done is tell people, you're not welcome here. You don't agree with me. If we believe conversion's going to happen, it's going to happen because of Jesus. Not because some priest who can't wait to tell everybody else how to act is telling them how to vote. Do you really think anybody, oh, I didn't know the church is opposed to abortion. Please. All it is is an easy, manipulative way to get the home crowd to cheer for you. Wow. I'm a little saucy today. It's the empty stomach. I'm suffering greatly, just like the Christians of the first century. All I've had was three hot dogs and some potato chips. <laughs> Poor Jesus. All right. Should we wrap this puppy up? Wrap it up. Whew, so next week, we're going to go ahead and start a fourth crusade. Now we're going to start covering the fourth crusade and that shouldn't take long. We might get the last four crusades knocked out she next week. Huh? I mean, pardon? She said, did my confession question get deleted and I don't know where I missed it. Hold on. Oh, I think I went through it, right? Okay. About the priest being a confessor. Oh, yeah. Is that the one? If so, if you rewind exactly 16 minutes, I'm totally kidding. I have no idea. Uh, but it, it's... Uh, the short answer to it is they don't do this anymore, but there used to be seven steps to the priesthood, and they could stop you at any of those seven. And so some people got in a position where they could hear confessions but not pray mass. And why did they stop you? Any number of reasons. Back then, the church used to actually not let someone pray mass who couldn't preach well. <laughs> and what is an awesome move. <laughs> now we're just like... Whatever guy with a pulse we can get up there to mumble at you, that guy's getting ordained. That's how I got in. Okay. That was a little, I mean, I meant that funny, but it sounded mean now that I think about it. <sighs> Salad pray. Whoops, no? No. Okay. Carrie doesn't like prayer. Like sometimes I'll start to pray and she's, she does this. Get away from me. And I'll be honest, that's not a good sign. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Oh, Jesus, we just want to love you and love you well. We ask that our urge to be a part of other people's lives would be expressed in service, not control. And we ask that our hunger to change we would apply to ourselves through the power of your Holy Spirit. Oh, Jesus, we have made such a mess of things. But as we stand in this valley of dry bones, we will listen to your voice that you can raise it all up. Put flesh on those bones and fill that body with your spirit so that we can breathe and speak your love wherever we go. Jesus, we ask you to be with our brothers and sisters in Nigeria and Nicaragua who are suffering so grievously right now. Please come to their rescue. And until then, help them to be brave and faithful. 
and help us to never take for granted the beauty of being in a country where we are free to praise you as we see right, to praise you in the way you call us to. And what we ask right now, Lord, is that you look at these people in our hearts that we love so much and worry about. That you look at all the circumstances in our lives that we fret about. And we ask you to look at them because we give them to you. And we give them to you because we love you and trust you. And may Almighty God be with you all, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. My Kung Fu is strong. I will see you guys next week on Wednesday where we start talking about the Fourth Crusade. Not having the Fourth Crusade because the Fourth Crusade's been happened. Been happened? It's happened. I'm going to stop. Is it over? No, it's never.